uh, welcome to General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of our living prophets, apostles, and chosen leaders. I've loved listening to podcasts about Come Follow Me, and I saw a need for a podcast centered around the General Conference talks. Um, I'm not a scholar, I'm not an expert, I'm a 20-something who just simply adores the gospel. The things I discuss are my opinions. Um, As one of my favorite podcasts, At Last She Said It, often says, your mileage may vary. In addition to my connections and thoughts, I will include a list of questions at the end of every episode as a place to start with your own deeper study of each talk. And I hope this podcast will be a jumping off point as you apply these principles to your life. In that spirit, I invite you to read and study today's talk before listening to this episode. Listen for what the Lord is saying to you personally. Then come join me for a beautiful discussion together. Hello, hello. Um, I'm back. And we are still so, so close general conference it's kind of blowing my mind and I'm, I'm i know i've said that the last few episodes but um it has it's just blown my mind how quickly we have come to october how quickly september has passed which is really crazy it's already the 22nd so nuts but um anyway today's episode is about Uh, We're discussing Elder Funk's talk, which I love that name, by the way. Uh, Come into the fold of God. And as always, I encourage you to listen to or read the talk before you come in. um, Listen to me ramble about it for the next 40 minutes. (laughs) But I am going to jump right in. Um... I'm really excited about this talk because I remember learn I learned something in this talk. Um, so of course he's talking about the fold of God, and he shares a story about um, a brother and sister in Indonesia that he taught as a missionary, and then he talks about the fold of God. Um, this Alma's baptismal covenant invita- invitation to those gathered at the waters of Mormon begins with this phrase, now as you are desirous to come into the fold of God. And, of course, we use that phrase so often, right? Come into his fold, the word of the to the fold of God, to the fold of Christ. And for me, growing up, I just thought that the fold was like his herd of sheep, right? Like coming into... Um, joining with his flock. But, as Elder Funk says, a fold or sheepfold is a large enclosure often constructed with stone walls where the sheep are protected at night. And I, that blew my mind. (laughs) I was like, wait, that's what a fold is? It's not just the flock, it's literally a place, a fence, like a stone fence, 
where you come into at night to be protected. Like, that that changes, honestly, the way that I think about the fold of God and coming into the fold of God. And I wanted to read you a couple of things about what he says about the fold. He says, it only has one opening. At the end of the day, the shepherd calls the sheep. They know his voice. And through the gate, they enter the safety of the fold. The people of Alma would have known that shepherds stand at the narrow opening of the fold so that when the sheep enter, they are numbered and their wounds and ailments noted and cared for one by one. The safety and well-being of the sheep depend on their willingness to come into the fold and to stay in the fold. And as I read that, and I remember like hearing that as well, but especially as I read that this morning as I was preparing for this, that really struck me like like picture this okay picture this picture you're a sheep which is you know just go just go go for it imagine you're a sheep and it's the end of the day it's getting dark and you hear the voice of your shepherd and you know his voice and you come running and as you're going through the opening of this fold the, the enclosure Uh, He checks you over one by one and counts you and makes sure that you don't have any wounds, you don't have any ailments, and if you do, that you're taken care of before safely going in with the rest of your flock Um, and, and being safe for the rest of the night. That has a whole lot more meaning to me than just being part of the flock. Uh, because I think we're, we're, we're all his flock. We are all people are part of Christ's flock. He is our shepherd. But not all are in the safety of his fold. I think that's a little bit different. There's a different connotation to that. And not saying that people who aren't part of the fold, who don't go into the fold of God, um, are bad people or are um, doing it deliberately or even if they are doing it deliberately, like I said, they're not bad people. Uh, But it does does have a different connotation and a different feeling to it. And so that's kind of my first question for you is that how does this change your view of coming into the fold of God? Like that definition, I mean, maybe you knew that already <laughs> and um, it's always been that for you. But, but this specifically, the way that he speaks about it and being numbered and, you know, cared for by the shepherd one by one, how does that change your view of coming into the fold of God. And that's kind of his whole talk, right? Is he's talking about the fold and what it means to be in the fold and what it means to, um, what we need to do to be in the fold, all of that jazz. So, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. He goes on to say, Among us there there may be some who feel they are at the edge of the flock, 
perhaps thinking they are less needed or valued or that they don't belong in the fold. And, as in the sheepfold, in the fold of God we sometimes step on one another's toes and need to repent or forgive. But the good shepherd, our true shepherd, is always good. Within the fold of God we experience his watchful, nurturing care and are blessed to feel his redeeming love. And I... Yeah, I just love that, that it gives me such peace and, like, pure joy of, like, I'm watched over, I, you know, the Savior is standing beside me, um, and, so you guys want to talk about the blessings to those in the hold of God, what, what we get out of it, but he also talks about knowing his voice, which I wanted to talk about for a second. He says, we know, we learn to come into the fold of God, sorry, we learn to come into the fold from the word of God, which is a doctrine taught by Jesus Christ and his prophets. And earlier he talked about, you know, knowing his voice, the sheep know the shepherd's voice, and, and Jesus talks about that as well, um, Jesus taught that there is one fold and one shepherd. He said, He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Oh, and the sheep hear his voice, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Then Jesus, Jesus then stated, I am the door by me. If any man enter, and he shall be saved. And so he's used, obviously, he uses this um, analogy a lot, and um, I love that he, he, the other funk points out that we learn to come to the fold from the word of God through the teachings of Christ, through the teachings of his prophets in the scriptures and in modern times. Um, and also I would add to that our own personal revelation. And with that, I wanted to ask you the question, how do you know the voice of your savior? And I've asked this, a variation of this question a lot <laughs> as we've been going through. We've talked a lot about personal revelation. The prophets and apostles have talked a lot about personal revelation in, in recent years especially, but throughout time. <laughs> and, you know, back to Joseph Smith, who literally sought personal revelation that, that, that restored the church. And... But I think this is such an important theme that we know the voice of our Savior because it's an individual thing, right? It is something that is different for everyone. The way that we recognize people and recognize their voice um, is different than, than other people. And I, I thought about this as I was reading this. I was like, well, how do I recognize the voice of my Savior? Like, if I were to run into Jesus on the street, would I recognize him? Would I recognize him? Would I I hear his voice and, and immediately think that is my Savior? And I th- I've thought about the, the instances where that actually happens in the scriptures, where people are just running to Jesus. <laughs> and... I thought specifically of Mary Magdalene in the garden after Christ is resurrected. 
and he's ta- she's talking to him, and she doesn't realize it's him. She thinks it's the gardener. And he's, you know, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And she's like, where did you take him? Please just tell me where his body is. We just want to, like, we just want to take care of his body. And he says her name. And just saying her name, she realizes who it is. I think that's such a powerful example of knowing the Savior's voice. And the Savior knows us. And I think sometimes we like we're like, okay, well we we'll we'll never know the Savior or I'll never know the Savior or we always talk about it as, oh well we um are the only ones that are like it's gonna be a test almost, right? Like we come across the Savior, the Savior comes to us and it's a test to see if we recognize his voice, we recognize him. And I think from examples in the scriptures and from examples in my own life, like the times that I've seen the hand of God, part of it is that I know that I'm looking and I recognize and I've had experiences in the past where I've seen the hand of God. And so I I recognize his hand. I recognize my Savior's voice. I recognize when they're trying to speak to me. But also they're speaking to me. Right? Like they are also... But It's not a one-way street. It's not a one-sided relationship, a one-sided conversation. They are also speaking to me. And they're doing everything they can to get me to listen. Sometimes that means, like, literally, like, whacking me over the head and being like, excuse me, listen. And so I I don't... Personally, I feel like if we were to ever run into the Savior, you know, there's obviously things that we are going to recognize. There are things that I hope and I have faith that I will recognize in my savior, even if it's not like physically, because we don't know exactly what he looked like, right? But but I also think that, that he's going to also do things. He's going to say my name, that he's going to speak back to me. Because he has to speak to hear his voice, to know his voice. That the shepherd has to talk the shepherd has to talk to the sheep for a long time for them to know his voice and I just love thinking of my relationship with my savior as a relationship not just me talking to him not just me always coming to him not just all of the work on my end because I know that's not how it is I believe and I have faith that's not how it is that he is also coming to me, that he is beside me every step of the way. And then when I feel far from him, it's because I've turned away, but that he is always there, and I can turn back to him whenever I want to. Um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting, and I think important to, to point out that that individual um, part of it that the sheep know his voice and that each one like hears his voice and comes unto him 
um, and that it is a relationship that he has with his sheep. I remember, I can't remember where I heard this. It was either in a conference talk or a book I read on my mission, something. And it was, I can't remember the whole story and I'm going to totally butcher it, but this tourist or something was visiting somewhere, you know, wherever they still sheep herd, right? Like they still have literal shepherds. And this guy was so like, he didn't believe that this shepherd knew his sheep like that well, right? And so the shepherd was like, okay, well, I'll show you basically. And he was blindfolded and they brought each sheep to him one by one. And just by feeling their face, by hearing them bleeding, by, you know, interacting with the sheep, blindfolded, not being able to see them, he was able to identify every single sheep. And that just absolutely blew my mind. Like, why don't we talk about that? Why don't we talk about the... The, the such a close relationship that the shepherd had with the sheep. He wasn't just walking along with them. He spent every moment with them. And that's why I think that that added addition of the addition of him saying, and when they came into the fold, he would look at them one by one and number them and also check up on them. And, you know, how many times have I felt that from my Savior? How many times has I felt that from my Jesus who checks in with me and makes sure that I'm okay? Not just physically, although he does that. (laughs) Reminds me to eat, asks if I've eaten today, if I drank enough water. But emotionally and mentally and looks for those wounds and heals them and takes care of them. And helps me work through the hard things that I'm going through every day. And what a blessing that is to me. Um, and that's really what this whole section is about. Is the blessings of um, being in the fold of God. <laughs> he talks about... the the blessings that Alma specifically promised in the baptismal covenant in um, Mosiah 18. Right? Mosiah 18. Oh, good. I know my, I know my scripture sometimes. <laughs> One, you'll be redeemed of God. Two, you'll be numbered with those of the first resurrection. Three, you'll have eternal life. And four, the Lord will pour out his, pour out his spirit more abundantly upon you. And he says, after Alma taught about these things, these blessings, the people clapped their hands for joy, and here's why. Um, first, to redeem means to pay off a debt or obligation or to free from, from what distresses or harms. 
No amount of personal improvement on our part can, ta- can make us clean from the sins we have committed or whole from the wounds we have suffered without the atonement of Jesus Christ. He is our Redeemer. Second, because of Christ's resurrection, all will be resurrected. After our spirits depart our mortal bodies, we will undoubtedly look forward to when we can again uh, with a resurrected body embrace those we love. We will eagerly look forward to being among those with the first resurrection. Third, eternal life means to live with God, and as he lives, it is the greatest of all his gifts, all the gifts of God, and will bring a fullness of joy. It is the ultimate purpose and objective of our lives. Fourth, the companionship of a member of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost, provides much-needed guidance and comfort during this life. And then he goes on to talk about what are some causes of unhappiness, misery from sin, um, sadness and loneliness from, from the death of a loved one, fear from un- uncertainty after what hap- of what happens after we die. He says, but when we enter the fold of God and keep our covenants with him, we feel the peace of knowing and trusting that Christ will redeem us from our sins, that the separation of our body and spirit will end more quickly, and that we will live eternally with God in a glorious manner. We've talked a lot about peace, and I've given my peace spiel a million times, um, but I want to re- reiterate it now, as he has mentioned peace, and as, as it has come up again, that... That I love that he uses the word peace because for a while he was using the word happiness. And we use that a lot. We say, oh, you'll be happier. Well, life will be easier. You'll have happiness. The plan of happiness. You'll have joy. And often I think we equate that with, well, then everything will be easy and I'll be happy all the time. And that's just not the case because life is still life. And trials are still trials. And no matter if we're in the church or out of the church, if we know the Savior, don't know the Savior, we're going to have trials. We're going to have rough times. There are things that are going to go on in the world that have that we have absolutely no control over. And it's going to hurt us. And there's going to be uncertainty and sadness and loneliness and grief misery that's literally what this life is for is to experience all of those things the thing that comes from being in the fold of God the thing that comes from following our savior and from having faith in him and in the plan that God has for us is peace is the assurance that all of the negativity in the world will be taken care of at some point. We're still going to feel the negativity. We're still going to be sad and lonely sometimes. We're still going to be uncertain of the future. We're still going to have pain and irritation and frustration and anger and sadness. It's all still going to be there because we're human. And we're still in this life. We're still here. But we can have peace in the faith that Christ is also here with us. 
that he knows what we're going through because he's been on this earth. And he's suffered for each of us and he's gone through what each of us are feeling right now. That we, we have peace that there is someone, one person, who knows exactly what's going on in our heads. Exactly what's going on in our bodies. And how we're feeling from every moment. And that peace of being in the fold of God. Of, of knowing that we have some level of protection every night is peaceful I'm sure that there's still danger when you're in the fold of when you're, when you're in a sheepfold right it's still just a stone wall and I'm sure there's there's still there's still room for something to happen there are still wolves or coyotes or whatever right that they're that they're being protected from they're still out there and I'm sure sometimes they still get in. But you have that extra little piece of protection. Um, extra little faith that, that you're going to be protected from the crazy things that are happening in the world. Even if you're still experiencing them. Um... Anyway, I love peace. <laughs> I love the concept of peace. That it is separate from emotion. It is separate from um, what we feel. But it is um, what we are. We are at peace. Anyway. <laughs> and then he goes on to talk about uh, acting in faith. And trusting in Christ. Christ. Excuse me. Um, that, you know, that there are things that we need to do to be in the fold of Christ, which makes sense, right? We've been talking about hearing his voice and joining the fold of God. And, you know, that that still required action. You know, they heard his voice and they also came. They choose they chose to come to Christ. They chose to come to the sake the shepherd. My goodness, I'm mixing my metaphors. They chose to come to their shepherd and to be healed by him and to be looked after by him and to come into the fold of God. Um and we also we also need to choose that. To, to act in faith. Um, whatever that may look like for you. Right? We talked a little bit about that. Is it the last episode? Or the episode before that? Of, you know, what does it look like for you to come into Christ? What does it look like for you to come closer to Him? To have your, your attributes? Like, sorry. Hmm. Christ-like attributes more fully in your life. Um, what does it mean for you to run to the Savior? To act in faith for that. It's going to look different for everybody. Anyway. Um, and I, I love how he ends. This is such a sweet little like thing. He says, My great-great-great-grandfather, James Sawyer Holman, came to Utah in 1847 
but he wasn't among those to arrive in July with Brigham Young. He came later that year and, according to family records, was responsible to bring the sheep. He didn't reach Salt Lake Valley until October, but he and the sheep made it. Figuratively speaking, some of us are still on the plains. Not everyone arrives in the, same, in the first group. My dear friends, please continue the journey and help others to fully come to come fully into the fold of God. The blessings of the gospel <clears throat> of Jesus Christ are immeasurable because they are eternal. And I just like love that little reminder of like no matter where you are, sometimes you're going to be still out wandering or out in the grass. And sometimes you might not hear the Savior's voice. You might not recognize his voice. But that's okay. Like, not everybody's there. Not every- And even those who are there sometimes stray. We are all the one at some point or another that he has to go and find. And that's okay. Because every time that we stray, he will come and find us. Um... I should have loved this talk. It was so simple and so sweet. And and blew my mind at the same time. <laughs> like, I love learning new things. I love looking at things in a different way. And um, being able to understand the scriptures better. The, the, the metaphors and the analogies that Christ used. The, the parables that he talked about. Um, that were meant for, you know, the people at his time. Who would understand what a fold of what a what a sheepfold was? Um, to to have that explained a little bit more is really incredible to me. Um, and as we talked about yesterday, or not yes, not not yesterday, last episode. You know, there's always something more to be learned and to be in awe of with the gospel. And that's definitely what happened for me today. So I'll recap my questions. There are only a couple this time. But the first one was, um, how does this change your view of coming into the fold of God? How does this, like the actual definition of what a fold is, change your view of coming into the fold of God? Whether you've always known that or you just learned it today, um, how does that view, or how does that change, change how you view coming to the whole of God? You specifically as well, like, not just, oh, coming into the fold of God as a blanket statement for everybody, but you specifically coming into the fold of God. Um... And I think the last question, I believe, was how do you know the voice of your Savior? Um, which we've talked about before, right? We've talked about many times <laughs> in the last bit of um, learning how this, the Spirit speaks to you and knowing what the Savior says and what he's saying to you specifically. So, And as always, listen to what the Spirit is saying to you to, to study what questions you want to think about more I of course don't read the whole thing here so I I'm sharing what has stood out to me and what questions came to my mind but there might be a totally different sentence in there somewhere that you that really stood out to you um, follow that 
and and see where it goes. Um, you might come up with something incredible. So, I will talk to you all next time. so much for listening to this episode of general conference conversations be sure to follow and share us on um, any social media and if you like the show feel free to leave us a review or tell your friends until next time